What's up, everybody? Sierra here. Welcome to a very special bonus episode where I'm going to talk about the first book that we read for Magical Book Club. If you've been listening to The Stars Made Me Do It for a while and you've heard us mention the Instagram magical.bookclub, we've been reading fun magical books, some of them fiction, some of them nonfiction. And the first book that we read was A Year of Mystical Thinking by Emma Howarth. And this is a fun episode where Emma Howarth joined me for an interview And she talked all about her book, and it's very mystical, very magical, but we also get into some really cool talks about astrology and talk to Emma about being a Pisces at this very tail end of Pisces season. So join in. Even if you haven't read the book, there's a lot of really cool information to get from this episode, a lot of interesting chats, and it will probably make you want to read the book. So come on and join us. Welcome back to The Stars Made Me Do It, and we have our first ever author interview episode. We have Emma Howarth here. Welcome, Emma. Thank you for having me. So we've been doing, yeah, we're really happy to have you. And we've been doing like a little side project of the Magical Book Club and yours was our first book and it was the perfect way to start it off. So you, uh, you wrote A Year of Mystical Thinking. Would you tell us a little bit what it's about for those who haven't read it before? Yes, of course. And thank you for having me as your first book. It was very lovely. Um, I loved all those little, uh, graphics you made on your Instagram yeah it was yeah, so really. it was so great thanks for interacting yeah. with us too it was just it made it feel yeah, more exciting to start a book club <laughs> um yeah so basically a year of mystical thinking is a book that was born out of a project a personal project that I started um at the very beginning of 2018 after the year 2017 um had really like put me in a pretty bad place I just had you know one of those years is the way I describe it in the book Uh, I think we've all had them you know it was just a a perfect storm of life events and busyness and work changes and my husband's father died and like lots of lots of stuff happened just left me in a really kind of burnt out broken sort of over it kind of place by the end of 2017 and I knew that I needed to do something to make a change to, you know, switch things up to make find the magic in life again. And I didn't really know what that was going to be. And all these different ideas were coming to me over, you know, that sort of Christmas period, Christmas, New Year 2017. And then um, someone said to me something about how when you lose your way in life, you should look back to what lit you up when you were younger. And this kind of this kind of started going around my head like a mantra and then it just so happened it was going around my head like a mantra when I found a box in the basement of my house that had my old tarot cards in it and it was like a bit of a light bulb moment yeah a basement full of junk of like yeah that's what lit me up when I was younger so I decided there and then to like embark on a year of mystical thinking which is the title of the book and my plan was that every I mean, actually, the story's a little bit longer than that, because at first I was like, that's what I need to do. I need to do what Elizabeth Gilbert did in Eat yeah. Love. Yeah. Clearly, I need to go to Bali on my own for a year. <laughs> but um, I couldn't do that because I had children and a husband and a job and all sorts of other tedious things. Yeah. Um, 
And so, yeah, so basically the project was then born out of the, but what if, if I can't go on an expensive yoga retreat because I don't have the money or the time, if I can't get book a one-way ticket to Bali, how can I find inner peace without doing all these things that other people seem to do in these books or spending loads of time or getting up every morning to meditate at dawn? I, you know, I can't do all of that because I've just got a really normal, boring, ordinary life here. Yeah. And um, so my plan was, that's what I would do. Every month I would either discover or rediscover a different mystical or spiritual practice um, right where I already was. That was the whole premise. So if it was free, if it was cheap, if I could do it in my own house, like if I could fit it in around the chaos of kids and life and school pickups, all the better because that's what my life was like. And I assume that probably is quite relatable to a lot of other people who might end up reading the book. Yeah. That's the thing that I feel like it does make it so relatable is, you know, when for everyone who has read Eat, Pray, Love, it's so inspirational and it makes you want to do something like that. But what I really, really loved about your book is that it was so accessible and it was, you know, everybody wants to have a a really, or many people want to have that, get in touch with that magical side, but I can't actually fly across the world and take a year out of my life to do it. And that's what I love that it was so relatable. And for those of you who like haven't read this book, I'm just looking at your table of contents here. Like some of the, the month ideas that you did were vision boards or sound baths and uh, meditation and like cards, you know, tarot and Oracle cards and, and different uh, like DIY magic. So all that type of really accessible stuff from your own home and, I think that that's really what made it something beyond just an inspirational book, but like something, oh, I can do this. I can do this. Normal Mm. me can do it too, which is just incredible. And that was always my goal really to, um, you know, I didn't really want to speak to the already converted, although, you know, a lot of people who are already converted to mystical spiritual practices have read my book, have read my book and loved it. I really want to find those like just, ordinary people just going about their ordinary lives who maybe haven't even thought to try any of these things um for a lot of for a lot of people the idea that you might at any point during the day or week or month like lie down and relax or shut your eyes for a reason that isn't sleep is like revolutionary I mean it kind of was for me actually in the book I talk about that a lot like going to my first sound bath I can can really believe it I was like wow this is amazing you can can do this like you can allow yourself to like to lie down and experience that level of relaxation for an hour that's like a choice you can make why why haven't I been doing this all along why haven't I been making that choice (laughs) more often at one point my husband said are you sure this project it's actually one of the um, quotes at the beginning of a chapter are you sure this project isn't just you paying people to let you have a lie down <laughs> <laughs> and so like, what if it is <laughs> there was a little bit where I was just like I'd come back from things and he'd be like well what was it like and I'd be like it was just the best lie down <laughs> but that's really the way in which we like connect to some of that you know inner magic and I also I love the what you just said about connecting people that like the um, not already converted in a way to the yeah. magical side of things, because that actually just, I really relate to that with just the idea of book club in general, because I used to be an elementary school teacher and I was the teacher who would get 
kids to love reading. That was my thing mm-hmm. where I just loved it. I was so passionate about it that I, I connected with the kids who already loved reading, but it made such a difference when I knew at the end of the year, those students loved reading now because after being in my class, and I feel like that was just, that's something on in this book, it's you sharing your experiences with a little bit of these magical things then allows the, you know, oh, that actually wasn't that difficult. I don't have to, you know, do a huge project or even, mm-hmm. um, you know, make it, I don't have to know a lot about it in order to get into it. Yeah, absolutely. That I think that's another really um, a thread that runs throughout the book is this idea that you don't, you don't need to rely on gurus or other people or spend loads of money getting your tarot cards read. Like it's all about empowering people to obviously those things are great if you want to do them but empowering people to to do it themselves and to 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 not to no longer think that just because they can't do something perfectly that it doesn't count like you know you don't you don't have to get up and meditate at dawn yeah if that doesn't work for you like for some people it does sometimes when you look at Instagram it feels like that's the only way yeah there are lots of ways that's that's so funny that you said that it's just one of those like meant to be type of things today because I was just talking with some of the people who are in the book club saying I opened all my doors and windows and I saged my apartment and did Palo Santo and normally I'm so um like his anal about I have to go in a clockwise motion and I have to do this in a certain Mm -hmm. way and blah 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 but today I was like it's nice out I'm just gonna open the windows and do this real quick and it felt like so freeing to be like I don't have to do this perfectly I don't have to do this what my idea of perfect is a little bit just like I don't have to go get a tarot card reading necessarily that's amazing to do that but I could fool around with cards and read a definition even if I'm not completely practiced in it it it's it's still something little you know and it doesn't have to Mm -hmm. be perfect no, I think that's a really important thing for everybody to, you know, I, I think you can apply that to all areas of life, really. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> and you you came in to one of our book club meetings, which was really exciting. Oh. And uh, yeah, uh, one of the questions uh, that one of our book club members asked you was which month was the most impactful for you? And I wanted to just talk about that again, because I remember you mentioning that it was uh, just like the everyday magic and yeah. if you could... I'm glad you've reminded me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, something <laughs> yeah, but that, I thought that that was really important. So like, even though each month was impactful for you, what, what about like that everyday magic did you find to be the most impactful? Well, I guess that just connects back to everything we've just been saying really is that, is that that's, that's where you really find magic if, if you can find it in the everyday. So the whole point of, the start of that chapter it's the March chapter and at the start of it I think I sort of almost overwhelmed myself with mystical and spiritual practices and projects and things to do and you know ended up almost with like a mystical to-do list as well as my other to-do list and I work was crazy and I just didn't have time to to do another big thing so I decided to try and find magic in the mundane or turn routines into rituals so basically that was about me looking at things that I do anyway so it wasn't like I was having to add a new practice it's like drinking tea taking baths you know these won't be the same for everybody everyone has different things but there are things that I did anyway and I just turned them into magical rituals which is a great way to add magic to your life really if you can add magic to something that you do you already do Yes. It's pretty easy. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Just even things like I, when I'm going on a walk, I try to make it a little more purposeful connection to the earth when I'm doing it, as opposed yeah. to I'm getting in my exercise yeah. for the day. It's let's make this a magical walk. Let's take a little meditation, you know, moment. Let's mm-hmm. uh, connect to all the nature that's around you. It, when you look at what you already do, it doesn't feel like you're adding something extra to your day. It's just yeah, making it purposeful. Yeah, I, I do a similar thing with the with the walking thing. So when I walk to pick my daughter up from school at the end of the day, so it's very loud siren outside my door. Um, <laughs> yeah, when I walk to pick my daughter up from school at the end of the day, I make a point of always, because I usually I'll be working, 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 doing loads of stuff, then I go and pick her up and I don't want to arrive at the school gates totally frazzled. Yeah. So I always put my phone away and I make myself just walk to the school it's 10 minutes yeah but that makes a real difference that, and it becomes like a kind of magical meditation practice in itself yeah that is so that is so true I remember a friend saying that they were just waiting online at Starbucks and they were just on their phone and was like wait a minute when's the last time I just waited in line without having mm-hmm. to be connected and and so let me just put it down for a minute and just wait in line. And that seems maybe, you know, oh, but you could be getting other things accomplished. And sometimes, sure, multitasking. I love multitasking. Yeah. But sometimes it's also, you know, this opportunity for a pause because we don't, um, like you said, with the sound bath, we don't, you know, always go to a sound bath and allow ourselves an opportunity for just a pause. And I think that's great with the walking, just put the phone or put it on airplane mode, listen to music, you know, just give yourself a, a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, totally. I mean, we don't really do that so much anymore, do we? Yeah. Everyone's just attached to a phone constantly. Yeah. And I, I definitely, like I, I met my husband online. I now live overseas from family. I'm so grateful for the technology that we have, but at the same time, I do sometimes feel overwhelmed by it. And I, and just that always connectedness and feeling like if I don't answer right away, someone's going to think something's wrong or even on the other end and why aren't they answering me and and it's nice to kind of just just disconnect a little bit and you can come back to it but just allowing yourself like purposeful time I feel like it yeah it definitely comes down to that purposeful time for sure yeah definitely and you know a lot of us are short on time and you know sometimes kind of self-helpy type books can can feel like they're putting a lot of pressure on you and I I really didn't want my book to be one of those books. Yeah, like, no, it was yeah. it was much more like, oh, I already drink tea or coffee every day. I can yeah. just think about something while I'm stirring it or stir it this way or yeah. add cinnamon because cinnamon to my coffee is something a little more special. Just little things yeah, that I already do. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the other the other reason I kind of made my book how it is is I I I sort of really deliberately made it like a story. So you know you've read it so it's kind of yeah. it's, it's memoir so it's like it's yes. a story that you can read because the other thing I don't really I often find really difficult about non-fiction books is sometimes you know there isn't really a story it just feels yes. like lots of tasks or to-do yes. lists which I don't find I really connect to that much so I really deliberately wanted to make sure there was a story you could read from January to December that yes. is memoir that that's so you could true. get that satisfying feeling of like I've finished the book, even yeah. if you, even if you don't necessarily read the bits on how to do it yourself, you can still read the story from beginning to end and be like, 
write that. That that's that's a really good point because I never like <laughs> thought about that in those words. And I was always such a huge fiction person. And my mom is the big nonfiction reader. And I was like, Mom, why would you want to read things that aren't fun and magical stories? You know, and she's yeah. like, I want information. But the thing that got me into nonfiction reading, like a couple of years back was memoirs because I moved overseas. There's so, there's so many memoirs of of expats that have moved to Paris. That's just a great mm-hmm. little category of memoirs. And yeah. that was something that I really related to and really got me into nonfiction. And that's so true about your book. It's like part memoir, but part like how to magic. And mm-hmm. that's just what I'm all about. <laughs> so yeah. that, uh, yeah, that was a really, I, mean, I absolutely love memoir as well. I think it's, you know, it's everything that you, one in a book isn't it it's a it's a story but it's also a real life story yeah so, yeah yeah I really I love memoir as a genre so. that, that's great how it is you know you could just flip and read a chapter of this of your book and mm-hmm. okay like let's learn a little bit about cards and get that information or let's learn a little bit about yeah. spirit guides but you could also like you said reading it from start to finish you feel like you've 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 gone through a full start to finish of a story yeah, which is satisfying, isn't it? It's, yeah. There's nothing more annoying than sort of getting a, a new nonfiction book that you think is going to help you with something and then you sort of get kind of a third of the way through and the authors kind of repeat themselves a bit and it's a bit annoying and like, you know, <laughs> it's, and Or you it's, feel dry. Like you, it's dry. It's dry with information. already failed. That's what happens to me a lot. Like I'll mm-hmm. be like, so they said I was meant to do this, this and this and I didn't have a pen so I didn't do it and like now I've already failed so I don't want to read the rest of the book that is so true there that is so true I had had a book like that where I wanted to keep reading it but I didn't keep up with what the the guidelines of the first couple chapters was it's like oh I gotta start it over again if I'm gonna do it and yeah I I never want to write a book that makes anyone feel like that (laughs) no (laughs) well this doesn't it definitely doesn't and that was another question that I had did you uh, we talked about this a little bit in our book club, but did you know that you wanted to write a book from the beginning or was that something that came up along the way? I I didn't know I wanted to write a book from the beginning. I mean, I, I am a writer, so I knew I would write about it, but, and I'd set up an Instagram account and a blog. Um, but it really was, you know, my writing work is, I'm, you know, freelance journalist li- lifestyle. And back then I was doing a lot of parenting journalism mm-hmm. and I really... I didn't definitely didn't have time to write a book so it hadn't even really entered my sphere of reference that this might be what I would do um but I was blogging about it and it really was genuinely a project for me to make myself feel better because I really needed it and I did write a few blog posts about it and then you know people would start to say this would make a great book you should turn it into a book and I would be like in what time would I do that (laughs) yeah Um, but then yeah I had a little pre-lockdown magical universal intervention yeah yep <laughs> where yeah, I just happened to get connected with someone you know someone who'd come to a moon event I'd run had a brother who is a agent who was looking for someone who could write an astrology book and I write the, the horoscopes for glamour magazine so uh the, she'd recommended me and we got talking and it just kind of all happened like that like it was meant, meant to, to be yeah yeah yeah. yeah, so that's really nice because I by then I had got the idea that I would like it to be a book and I was working on a proposal. But I think without that connection and that, you know, that all happening, I think it probably would still just be a file on my laptop. Yeah, I don't know whether I ever would have quite got it out there 
you know yeah. it really needed that like yes this is a thing this is going to happen to get it out there which I think is really important too for just like a whole manifesting mindset like it's not just oh maybe one day I'll write a book it's like you yeah. actually started to put it into you know this really could be a book and this is how I would yeah. set it up and then when you're really in tune in that way someone just comes along oh I'm yeah. interested in having you write a book and yeah, I think it, it was, really can it happen <laughs> It was quite a yeah amazing moment. Also, my agent is um, a Capricorn. Which oh yeah, is exactly what you. Need. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> as, as soon as I knew that, I was like, "This is going to work out fine." I love that. I I, I would love to have uh, just you know on whatever job applications for whatever, just name your top three, and uh, we'll see if you fit well <laughs> with the position. <laughs> no, that that is the best sign for someone you know is going to get ambitious and get it done oh my goodness yeah he's amazing in that sense like everything that I'm not basically (laughs) I love it I'm a Capricorn moon I love the Capricorn energy um and you were mentioning uh just like I know you have kids and in your book you've talked about your daughters I was just wondering what are some of the best ways that you found with them to get connected and magical or mystical with them that was yeah um yeah I mean that I think children are just natural believers like it you know throughout the book that my kids are older now so they're a bit like oh whatever mom mm-hmm. um but you know back back then a few years ago it feels like a lifetime ago how much they've changed in that time but you know they're just they're into everything everything I was doing or they really they love crystals I mean that just appeals to like the sort of magpie in every child yeah um, but probably the nicest thing was when I started really connecting to the, um, you know, the Wheel of the Year festivals okay. and sort of creating these kind of extremely low-key, low-pressure mini celebrations in the back garden. That became a really beautiful, lovely thing. And that's something that we do still do. Like, it will never be like a massive big deal, but, you yeah. know solstice summer solstice spring equinox which is coming up yeah um you know we'll have like a little fire in the garden or we'll you know plant some seeds or just do something that's connected with with that to celebrate the passing seasons really which is a really nice thing to do that is nice that's like that's again something not super complicated and like you said kids are already really connected to all of that they don't yeah they definitely are I mean they just you know they're they're into cards and they like knowing things about their star signs they're just little things they're they're into all of it and they're quite into the moon stuff as well I think um you know kind of understanding moon phases and attuning to the power of the moon is another really that's another one of my favorite practices because agreed yes all you have to do is look up a bit like you if you want to have you know a million different scented candles and a special ritual and you know create a new altar for every moon you can but if you if you don't have the space for that you can just look at the sky and like sometimes when I'm really busy I just think my intentions I don't even write them down yeah I just think them or I speak them it's it's all magic 
Yeah. And that's something with, with kids as well. Just thinking of me as a kid, you know, even today I'm a, I moon and stars. I just can't help myself. I just, I just love it and feel so connected. But as a kid too, the, the concept of outer space being one of the coolest things you learn about. And so you, and like you said, every day you see the moon in the sky. So you notice and learn that's, you know, I remember teaching my, my fourth graders about moon phases and you learn the science behind it in some ways, but then you can learn the magic at home too, which, uh, yeah, it's, it's such a yeah. fascinating thing always, but especially I think for kids. Absolutely. And that is another good thing. It is a little bit like you've taught them a little bit of science. Yeah. <laughs> so tick good parenting. <laughs> <laughs> Love when it overlaps. Love that. Or yeah, yeah, we're, we're planting something for, you know, the full or the, the equinox, but gardening and now you know watering and science <laughs> yeah but, and here's how photosynthesis works yeah <laughs> um yeah so it's good it's good when you can yeah mix it up and and it's just good for them I just feel like they'll you know they will forever be able to look at look up at the moon and probably you know know what phase it's in just by things that I've told them as they were growing up so cool. And that's, that's so true too. My mom is obsessed with crystals and gemstones and it, it, they've just always been around. She has so many and I just absorbed it. I didn't know how much information I knew. And then when I started getting into it, when it was, you know, kind of my choice of, I think I'm going to look into some crystals. I was like, wow, I already know so much of this information just from absorbing it from my mom, my whole life. Like, of course, amethyst for blah, 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 you know, and, and knowing, oh, I can carry this in my pocket. Oh, let me put one of those bracelets on if I'm feeling anxious. And so many things that you do absorb from your parents. And that's a really cool, magical thing yeah. to absorb. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I hope, I hope they're still absorbing it, even though they started ignoring me slightly more. Well, I feel like that's just a, also a kid's parents thing as they get older. (laughs) (laughs) But one of the chapters that I was really looking forward to in your book was the astrology chapter, because I am an astrologer and have this astrology podcast. And I really wanted to talk with you during this time of the year too, because you are Pisces and I I would love you to just share like your top three with people who are listening. Um, okay. So, so I'm Pisces sun, obviously. And, um, I am Virgo rising Mm -hmm. and Taurus moon. Okay. So I've got a lot of earth. Um, and also what's quite interesting is uh, my mid heaven is, sometimes I can't remember all these facts. My mid heaven is in Gemini. Yeah. And I think, uh, a mid Gemini mid heaven and a Virgo rising is like, basically you have to be a journalist. Yeah. I was, I was going to say (laughs) that's, that's, I mean, your, your rising sign and your mid heaven are both ruled by Mercury, which is communicating and writing. So how could you not? (laughs) (laughs) And then being a Pisces, which is just the the psychic mystic of the Zodiac yeah. as it is. And I love, I love the Taurus moon too, because, um, uh, as a fellow earth moon, just that, you know, connecting to something like nature, 
But at the same time, mm -hmm. I feel like a Taurus moon isn't going to want it to be complicated. <laughs> you know, they're going to want it to, to be really, especially that, that just connects so much with how you're saying, I'm going to, you know, I was basically just lying down and that was the best thing I got yeah. to relax. Amazing. <laughs> it was a high quality lie down, lie down as well, which I think is very Taurus. Isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, you know, everything was nice. Yes. Like, yeah. It, we had high quality. This wasn't just like a, a sleeping bag. You know, yeah, this was a. Yeah. I wasn't on a, a dusty community center floor. This was somewhere <laughs> lovely. Yeah. <laughs> the blanket was soft and the scented oils were premium. <laughs> Very tourist yeah, moon. That's quite, that's quite touristy. Tourist, touristy, not touristy. Um, yeah. But obviously, I think the thing that I the aspect of my astrology that I always connected to most was was the Pisces yeah sun um you know from the first moment first moment I understood what that was and what it was meant to mean I was like that is me I yeah. am that yeah um, yeah so I, you know I I love I love a fellow Pisces I love Pisces season um yeah it's a good it's a good sort of time of year it's a magical like time yeah yeah dreamy magical wrapping up a lot of loose ends as kind mm -hmm. of the astrological year comes to a close I kind of I like that feeling about it um so it's just uh it's definitely some I feel very connected to the concept of being a Pisces which what's what's one of your favorite things you would say about being a Pisces being Pisces um I think the ability to literally be living an entire alternative reality <laughs> really quite wonderful I think it's got me through a lot and I remember I do that as a kid I would literally like I could I'd be silent on long car journeys because I would just do what I called I'm doing imagining and I would just so imagine extreme elaborate scenarios and um you know whatever it was like I'm found out I'm the daughter of a, prin a princess a king and a queen and I'm a princess and here's and I'd imagine my entire wardrobe as this princess or you know I could really go to town on it and I think that sort of helps with the writing as well like you know yeah a, a real creative side to being Piscean obviously it, it comes with its challenges as well because I think sometimes um Pisceans can almost enjoy that fantasy world they've created in their mind so much that they prefer it to reality yeah. and yeah. I think I've definitely been guilty of that at some points in my life like I'd rather just sit and imagine how things might be than do the work to make it happen yeah which is yeah. good that you have that earth rising and moon to, to yeah. ground it I think that I think that probably does really help me quite a lot. Probably saved me. Yeah. No. I with I I'm a Sagittarius and Sagittarius rising and a Capricorn moon, and so I think that with my crazy traveling, of course I live overseas. You yeah. know, a crazy traveling self that that Capricorn moon grounds it and makes all of the wild ideas that a Sagittarius has into a plan. And there's that yeah. ambition and that practical energy which is what I really appreciate about the earth energy too which yeah, Pisces nice. yeah Pisces and Sagittarius are similar in the way they're both mutable they both are go with the flow and have all these I don't know it's a different type of yeah. fantasy it's like being you're probably similar to me in the sense that you're probably very flexible and easy to yeah. 
it's very easy for me to just change everything because you know why, why not, not? Yeah. I, I, yeah. You want it to be that way. Well, I can, I'm all right with it being that way. Let's say it that way. Yeah. Like I don't, I'm, not, I'm never rigid in my thinking. And it's not never like it has to happen in this exact order. Absolutely. Yeah. It's happy to just be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that makes I always get on very well with Sagittarians as well. Love never, really, never really not liked a Sagittarius. They're always great fun to hang out with. There is absolutely <laughs> No, I, I like, I've been loving the Pisces energy recently too, with just, we, mm-hmm. with the podcast we've uh, interviewed, we've been doing Pisces moons this season. And one of the Pisces moons we interviewed said almost verbatim what you just said when they're on long car rides or especially going to bed, they go to bed yeah. and just imagine and make up stories and create these worlds. And that was like their favorite thing to do and I just love that Pisces dreamy otherworldly energy where I feel like Aquarius is not from earth but Pisces don't live on earth in a way yeah that's a really good way of putting it actually (laughs) yeah yeah definitely I definitely relate to that and also the kind of the sort of psychic mystical spiritual side of Pisces I think that's always been with me even when I wasn't aware of it yeah I think even as a child I you know, no one, I didn't sort of grow up in a family of hereditary witches, but I kind of always sort of knew that I was one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. I remember just like, just being like, yeah, of course I'm, as soon as I heard it was a thing you could be in the modern world, I was like, yeah, of course I'm that. Well, that's me, absolutely. It was sense to me, yeah. Um, and I always, I've always had that, you know, really intuitive ability to kind of read the room, know know what's going on mm-hmm. know what's happening between other people which can sometimes be really overwhelming I think but I generally do know what's going on when even when other people don't I I the really do I do relate to that I have Pisces on my third house and I have my Mercury and my Venus in the 12th house and so I have that Mercury and Venus get like living in that Pisces energy and just my house of communicating being in Pisces. And so there, there are just times when, you know, especially that was such a huge asset as a teacher too, where I really noticed that so many of the elementary school teachers where I used to work were Pisces. And that was something that I think there is that intuitive, you can pick up on it. You, you don't have to know, or I guess it's fascinating to me that some people can't just walk in a room and know that something's wrong with someone because I can tell. (laughs) Yeah, it's it can be it's like a blessing and a curse, isn't it? Because sometimes once you know that something's wrong, you can feel quite responsible for resolving something that might not even be anything to do with you. Yeah. Yeah. I can always spot things like, you know, if there's some sort of like illicit affair going on. Oh, oh, (laughs) that I don't know if I'm at that level. I'm very fascinated, though. (laughs) Yeah, I can always I can always clock it. But it also (laughs) makes me a really bad um like a, an annoying person to socialize with because I think I, I have to concentrate really hard to not be absorbing all that information that's yeah. coming out from the like universe from the ether yeah yeah um and so sometimes I think I'm really distracted which is probably really irritating if you're talking to me and I'm like semi listening to that conversation over there and getting a bit of that and I've just worked out something about someone yeah it's a bit mad sometimes I think but I do love it. I love it. And I'm, I'm also, I'm very connected to the sea and water and definitely that like Pisces mermaid. Definitely. Oh, that's wonderful. I 
I want, I want a bathtub. I don't have a bathtub here. And that's my, that's I, every time I go home at my parents, they have one of those great bathtubs with jets. And that's my exclusively mm-hmm. taking baths when I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I am a big fan of, of a bath. It's just, it's my like solution to everything. I just, <laughs> nothing nothing there's nothing that cannot feel better yeah when you're lying in a load of hot water yep yep I would agree and that's that's definitely my number one thing on the list of wherever I live next gotta have a bath yeah 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 that must have made my March chapter quite annoying because I did go on about baths quite a lot oh I kept I kept thinking about it and when I um when I was went home uh and visited my family over the winter holiday I took as many baths as I could (laughs) but the the last thing that I want to talk maybe astrology was is that you write horoscopes and I'm just really fascinated about that could you tell us a little bit about I don't know how that goes how you got into it um how did I get into it so this is an was another one of those um things where it just kind of came at the right time I think I you know, I'm a big believer, and I talk about this in my book a lot, about um, when you create space, it will get filled with something better. And I think I'd very recently created quite a lot of space by force. I think I'd lost a couple of jobs, like a magazine folded that I was working for. So there was space in my life for something else. And, you know, always been fascinated by astrology um, since I was a child. And, I was, you know, throughout the kind of mystical year, I was learning more and more about it, reading more books. I would very much describe myself as someone who is still learning about it. I think yeah, astrology, astrology always, is one of those subjects. Like, there are loads of astrologers out there who know more than I do, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Tons of them. Um, so I, you know, I was really learning more and more. I was getting more into it. And um, I happened to get contacted on Instagram by um, someone who worked for Glamour who was looking for someone to write horoscopes and I think my first instinct was almost to be like yeah I can find you someone to write horoscopes <laughs> not even thinking <laughs> it would be me then I was like oh, I could actually write that them. could be me who does that <laughs> yeah I really sort of I absolutely love it I think it's my it's probably my favorite writing job I've ever had in my life like it is the most fun and I love it because it completely you know it suits it's writing which is you know the only job I've ever had but it completely suits that Piscean. Ultimately, our horoscope is a story, right? Yeah, yeah. Looking at the stars, you, what's happening in the month according to the stars, and then the bit that turns it into something that makes it have meaning to the person at the other end who reads it is how you're able to translate it into a story that they can connect with, that they relate to. And I think that's that's the bit that I'm really good at. Yeah, making it like where yeah. the, finding the connection in it. It's not just oh, this yeah. month, blah blah blah. It's really yeah. Finding so you're not just stating facts. You're making it seem like real life, real relatable life. That's the. I think that's what makes you know the one the horoscopes that I write popular. Makes people go back to them and read them month on month because they yeah. like the way they're written. Whereas it would be just as easy to write horoscopes in quite a black and white you know but basically when you don't really understand astrology like someone who studies astrology does no one cares about reading that sentence about you know uranus 
square whatever exactly your 11th house people are like what yeah they just want to know the bottom line like am I gonna meet a hot new lover yeah that's That's exactly (laughs) what they want to know I love that that's so true and that's that's the thing that I strive for like with this whole uh the stars made me do it podcast is that I want it to be something that somebody can listen to and not be an astrology expert and and not and not have to know what a square or what an opposition or whatever it is and and get the bottom line of it and that goes exactly with what you were saying about your book in general how you want the nonfiction, but you want it to be a story with the horoscope it's here's the the transits or whatever is going on but here's how you can relate to it in a story form that's so great yeah i think so yeah ultimately i think my sort of my ultimate mission in life is i'm just here to tell stories yeah that, different way yeah and it's it's interesting that you know tell stories but it seems to be like stories that are also your own life you know you're you didn't write uh, a fantasy fiction book you wrote a mystical no. non-fiction so yeah. there has Although that I, I would like to write a fiction book as well that is definitely on my is it on my to-do list oh. if I ever get to it I'm gonna do another non-fiction first though yeah. Do you have plans for another? I started talking about it. Yeah. I started actioning. Very two. cool. Very, very cool. I think yeah, that that's similar theme, similar theme, but different content. Okay. I, I'm, I'm down. I'm ready for another time. <laughs> <of a laughs> year of mystical thinking with, with even uh, more ideas besides the one that you shared in this one. And I love how, like I said, I love how relatable and how accessible is the better word the best word, I think, how accessible it can be for anybody who isn't already into this. But the cool thing that anybody who's also listening to this podcast is already probably hooked on the astrology part of it. And I love, I love getting into the other facets of it too, because I used to only be like really into the astrology part of it and thought tarot and Oracle was cool, but now I'm like, Oh, well, I, I would consider myself a tarot reader. Now I have really studied it and I do that for, uh, you know, for friends and for friends of friends and, and just, I would love to get better at doing the, like you said, with your kids, the year celebrations with the equinoxes and the solstices and, and we can always like with astrology, you're never going to know enough. There's just so much to learn. So another, Oh, and I do think that to be the kind of, if you really want to be one of these amazing astrologers who knows everything and has this encyclopedic knowledge in their heads, you need, it need, that needs to be your only job, I think. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think, I, I don't think I'll ever get there. I'll never be one of those astrologers. I don't know where you'd put yourself in that category, but yeah, for me, my, uh, my mission is writing. So yeah. That's just one thing that I do as as part of that. I like that though. Your mission is writing, but with a huge connection to, or with a like good knowledge base of astrology. I think that some people that I know, um, especially two of the co-hosts of the podcast are really, really knowledgeable with a lot of the details. And Mm. I consider myself someone who in the same way that I was as a teacher, what information I know I can see I can make sure you understand it because I can say it in seven different ways until you do. Like, I guess my mission is, is helping somebody else connect to the information. Yeah. Yeah. But that's really important because depending on what your ultimate goal is to what your one, a person's goal is to do with the knowledge that they have, 
like if it is to share it with other people then that's the only way to share it with other people I mean yeah there's no point in telling someone loads of really complicated exact degree you know things that they don't really understand what we're talking about sometimes when people talk about astrology it feels like they're just firing information yeah Um, yeah and I understand most of it and I still think yeah Tell me what's going to happen. Yeah. And that's, that's why it's yeah. also such a cool thing where I really think that in this kind of world of astrology and anything mystical and esoteric, that there really is a place for everybody in it because some people yeah. are those fact people that are like, give me the degrees. I want to know, you know, the degree theory and everything. And some people are like, I'm a Sagittarius. And I mean, you know, I do archery. I I was on the archery team. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm a Sagittarius who does archery that that connects, you know, and that's all some people need. And there's that, uh, there's just such a space for everybody in that world. I totally agree with you in that. And I I think sort of the main thing is that, um, for me, the most, the, the best, the thing that I get most out of astrology is being able to understand myself better and understand other people better. Yes. And that's what I enjoy. I enjoy kind of enabling other people to like see those connections. So my favorite thing to do, I, I don't really do it as much as I'd like. Um, but I am actually doing a couple of events this week coming up, Ooh, okay. uh, not online, they're in-person ones. Um, so I'm going to be like at Liberty on Thursday. And then um, do you know, do you know Mama Moon on Instagram? Um, maybe uh, maybe um, so amazing I mean she's written lots of amazing books and she makes these wonderful candles you should look her up okay so she's in a, a spring equinox event at her shop so I'm gonna be there on Saturday doing just mini birth chart readings and I think that's just one of my favorite things because it's just really the simple stuff like yes. you know top three and yeah maybe telling people a bit about the midheaven or it's that's lovely seeing people really connect with that yeah just being really simple and just oh that makes sense oh yeah that's me I love that it's really nice yeah I think that that's something where people the thing that really grabs you into astrology the thing that grabbed me was as soon as I learned I had a Capricorn moon because I I knew I was Sagittarius sun Sagittarius rising I was like wow I'm such a Sagittarius and then when you get that extra piece of oh your inner self that just felt like the puzzle was finally you know all came together and wow I'm not just a travely free spirit. I'm a really responsible, ambitious kind of guarded person sometimes. And it feels so nice yeah. for somebody to like, you know, to be able to pinpoint that. And that's what I, that's what I love about um, it. Like you said, with that top three, just so someone can connect with, oh, wow, that does sound like me. And yeah, we all just want to get to know. Yeah. We yeah. all just want to get to know ourselves more in different ways. And I love astrology for that. I love it. Yeah. And just understand why you are who you are exactly very magical in that sense definitely absolutely well would you like to share where people can find you online where they can get your book yes of course so the best place to find me online um is on probably on instagram where i'm at mystical thinking um and then you can find me on facebook but i'm not quite as good on facebook um the same thing at mystical thinking and my book is available at all good book sellers so exciting Um, it's finally stocked in my hometown which is really exciting um so yeah it's it's available everywhere it's also on amazon if you want to buy it there if you want to give bezos a bit more money (laughs) (laughs) he's not short though is he so ideally we'd buy it somewhere else yes (laughs) 
yes for convenience I know that you know I'm all about reality and the reality is it's a lot more convenient for a lot of people to just click that button so yes you can also buy it on Amazon yes and it's on it's audible I recorded it if you want to hear me tell the story oh that's amazing Um, and the kindle the ebook is still like I don't know it's like under 199 or something so if you don't have the funds available to buy the paperback it's all there on ebook I love that. That makes it even more accessible. And I think the only thing that happens if you buy the ebook is you don't. Uh, oh no, I don't know. You, maybe you do get all the information at the back. I think it's if you listen to it, if you get it on Audible, you don't get all the source book information at the okay. back. Okay. You know all the like directory. Yes, like, exactly. exactly. The exact person I went to for this, 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 and this. Which, depending on whether you need that or not. Yeah. That's but that's just- great. That's I I've been getting into audiobooks lately. So that's exciting that you actually got to record your own audiobook. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It was the most fun thing ever. I just, yeah, it was really fun recording. I sort of basically pretended I was like Taylor Swift. (laughs) Another great Sagittarius. (laughs) Really like a poor man's version. (laughs) So I kept sending pictures of me with the headphones and the mic to my kids. Like, oh, I love it. It was fun. And if people want to read the horoscopes that you write, how would they find those? Oh, yes. So they are um, on Glamour's website. So glamour.co.uk. I I guess you just Google them if they're not there on the homepage. At the beginning beginning of the month, they'll be there on the homepage. Otherwise, just Google it. So so they're there. Um, I also do these like quick TikTok rundowns now. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Quite entertaining it's a bit like a sort of like horoscopes but like weather girl style oh love that funny love that <laughs> okay great is that so mystical thing or it's through glamour's yeah, tiktok that's, um, glamour's tiktok yeah glamour uk tiktok love it also worth follow <laughs> amazing well thank you so much this has been really fun and really insightful and i'm just i'm i'm glad that the world aligned that you were our first book and i'm so and- honored i was your first book Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much.